everything going okay down here? It's a little slow. It's a little bit. Wait, should I get up there? Okay. <laughs> so we're not always that comfortable with waiting, are we? <laughs> We don't do a very good job of that as a society, as a human race in general. Um, when things start to slow down, we start to check our watches. Nowadays, we probably check our phones, you know, see, you know, have 30 seconds of downtime, might as well see what's going on in the world, see if something more exciting is happening somewhere else. We don't like to wait. Um, we have, I'm to bring it up here with me, but we have that nice little order of worship printed in our bulletin every Sunday so you know exactly what's coming next. And if something doesn't go according to the plan that we have, we think, oh, something must be wrong. If we haven't immediately moved to the next thing, well, what's the holdup? What's, what's the problem? Something surely can't be right if I'm waiting. If you want to frustrate most people, just cause a delay. Just make them wait a little bit. If you don't believe me, you have not been in an airport lately. <laughs> just, I mean, sometimes I almost like a long layover at an airport sometimes. Just for the, the time you get to spend, now I don't enjoy it nearly as much as Christy, but just watching people. Um, and the thing that re- I really enjoy watching people at an airport is you can see a really big difference between those who are okay with waiting and those who really are not okay with waiting, especially when they weren't expecting to be waiting. You don't have to go to an airport. I just, I mean, take any given day during rush hour traffic. Probably one of the most stress-filled, high-adrenaline slowest moment. I mean, I don't think there's ever such a strange, like, adrenaline to speed ratio at at any time during the day where there's almost nothing happening, but people are gripping their steering wheels. They're so stressed out about the nothing that is happening, the slowness, the delay. Most of the advances that we have through human history, most of the, the technological advances that we have What do most of them have to do with? Speed. We want things to happen faster. We judge how great the advancements in in technology and computers are by how much faster they get, how much more quickly they can perform the tasks we need them to perform. Now you think about the time when the letters of the New Testament were written. We don't have to go that far back, but... If someone wanted to communicate, when Paul is there, either writing himself or through his, his, his scribe, is, is, is dictating this letter, that letter, these, these words that he's wanting to communicate to someone far away, well, it'll be days, weeks, maybe even months before that message would be delivered. Compare that to today, where, you know, I could grab my phone or my iPad here, I could just tap a couple of buttons and... I could be looking face-to-face with my parents in Georgia. No time, well, not right now, because they're in church too, and they wouldn't answer. But most of us, 
and especially like our kids, my kids, they know nothing else but just that instantaneous communication. Just pick up the phone, just send an email. Actually, even email seems too slow for most people now. Because with email, you, know, like you send it and you wonder, okay, when are they going to get it? Are they going to check it? And so, and so we text instead because we feel like, well, they probably have their phone on them. And so I can get that immediate response. It's that, that phone call that you know, we get on Skype or, or FaceTime. And we have that face-to-face communication in an instant. And those are amazing technologies and really great blessings. There are many ways those can be used in good ways. But so much of the drive behind the many advancements that we have as a society are fundamentally about our uncomfortableness, our discomfort, I should say, with waiting. And so, this morning, I'm beginning a a fairly short series, and I'm calling The Blessing of Waiting. Now, we look at waiting as anything but a blessing. (laughs) That's probably one of the stranger strings of words that I could put up on the screen right now. The blessing of waiting. Very, very, very few people would look at any kind of delay, any kind of wait as being a blessing. Because fundamentally, we're just not very patient people. And so today I want to talk about patience. The scripture reading we had just a few moments ago, which I, I have to admit, I probably kind of telegraphed that next move and that delay with the scripture reading that I chose. But it says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. You know, James writes these words and it just, I mean, it sounds really nice, doesn't it? It seems so natural, almost easy. Just, you know, wait patiently. You know, just like the farmer, you know, waits for the the seasons to run their course. And he's like, oh, that's a perfectly natural thing, isn't it? But I think if you ask any farmer, I don't think that we have a whole lot of farmers among us today, but I'd say if you ask any farmer, most would probably tell you that the patience of ordering your life around the seasons, it's a learned skill. It's not something that they do because they just enjoy life that way, but that's just what you have to do. It's simply the reality of growing things. It's the reality of farming. And so whether you're patient or not, you have to order your life around that timetable, not the one you might make for yourself. This time of year, traditionally, for, for centuries, so many have looked at this time of year leading up to Christmas as a time where they think about the arrival of Jesus. When they think about the long wait of Israel, waiting for the Messiah to come, and thinking about that as we also sit waiting, as we wait for his return. You think about Israel and, you know, just at minimum, the the few hundred years between the, the close of the Old Testament and its prophets to the New Testament, the beginning of that chapter of the story and Jesus' birth. Hundreds of years they were waiting. And and really, they waited a lot longer than that. You look all through the Old Testament from beginning to end. It's just sprinkled with, with hints of this Messiah that was to come. All throughout their history, they were waiting. They were looking forward, longing for something 
that every person you read about in the Old Testament, well, at the end of their life, they were still waiting for what God was going to do. And so waiting is not an unfamiliar thing to any of us. But what do we, what do we wait for? What are we impatient for? What are the milestones we look for. You know, we have this term milestones, but I don't think I've actually, aside, you know, I found, managed to find a picture of one, but I never, I think, actually seen like a real milestone, like an actual stone set somewhere that said, you know, this many miles to somewhere. Like I see those little, you know, the little things on the poles, little mile markers on the highways and stuff. Not quite the same thing. But when you see a, a, a milestone, something of, of significance, it's like there's a major thing that's coming. It was major enough that they put something in stone, literally carved something in stone and placed it there to say, this is how far you are from the next thing. What are the milestones that we think about in our lives? I know for Isaac and Noah, their, their first big milestone they have both thought about is that when they're five, they can't wait till they're five because when they were five, that's when mom and dad say we can play sports. That's when we can play baseball. That's when we can, you know, be on a team. We can play soccer and Isaac, you know, try out basketball now and hate to tell him about the genetic disadvantage he's going to have. But that's, you know, it's life. (laughs) Um, We're we're not tall people. Um, But it's still, it's fun. Um, But when they get to, to, to join in those sports, that's that first milestone. And just the, I mean, a couple of years easily that Isaac was talking about that from the time he was three till he was five, talking about, like, oh, he can't wait till he's five because he gets to do this. And then Noah coming along behind, seeing Isaac do that. Well, he's got the same thing. And he was so excited last month when he turned five. And they got, well, okay, you've got to wait till the spring because you can't, like, not the day you're five can you do this because there's no baseball now. It's November. Um, but that milestone to look forward to. But that's just the beginning. I mean, we're always looking for that next thing as we're growing up. At the beginning of school, you're, you're looking for, you know, as you're uh, early, in your early teen years, looking forward to when you can have that driver's license and that little bit of freedom that comes with it, the milestone of, of graduation and heading off to college. And then you're looking at that milestone of that first job, that first bit of, of, of real independence. And, and then, you know, the, the little milestones that come along the way and, you know, the, the big one that so many people look forward to of their, you know, retirement and when they feel like, like maybe they'll get to, to take it easy for a little while and until they talk to some people that are retired and realize that's just a fantasy, you'll be more busy than ever. But we're always looking to the next thing. And the next thing matters, okay? I'm the, don't, I don't want to sell the next thing short, But our impatience for that next thing can actually be a bit of a problem. Our impatience for the next thing can really have us missing out on some other things that are pretty important. Because see, I think we enjoy the fruit of patience. We enjoy when our patience has been rewarded. But we don't enjoy the acquisition of patience. That's the part of it we don't like so much. You shouldn't be surprised by this. I mean, we want strength and and physical fitness, but most don't set aside the time and energy required to do the kind of exercise and working out that will get us there. And and when we do, we find, oh wait, there's hard work there. We want to have that. We want knowledge, but few would call the, the long hours of study required to acquire that knowledge, well, few would call that exactly fun. Most of us probably have some sort of skill 
that we just kind of let fade away, that we dropped somewhere along the way, some sport or athletic achievement, maybe a musical instrument, a, a technical skill of some, some sort, that we say, like, you know, I wish I hadn't let that go. I wish I hadn't just stopped doing that somewhere along the way. And I think, wouldn't it be nice if I could still do that the way I used to? But we did drop it. We did let it go, probably because it was hard work to learn and continue to grow and to maintain that ability, well, there was some, some struggle, some sacrifice that was involved. And so we look at patience and we look at like, well, hey, that's a fruit of the Spirit. We know we want patience. We want that fruit in our lives. But to endure the waiting that grows that patience in us, that helps to develop that, you know, who's eager to sign up for that? Not very many. We want to have patience, but we certainly don't want to need patience. Because waiting can be hard work. In fact, sometimes waiting even hurts. It's kind of funny, as I was looking for, for pictures, for the slides, and I was trying to find pictures that had to do with waiting, and man, those were some sad, lonely, depressing pictures that you come up if you started searching for things about waiting. I was like, wow, this is, this is what we as a people think about waiting. It was all the, they all pretty much looked like this. It was someone sitting in this vast expanse alone. And, they all, and most of them looked kind of sad. And we feel that way even though, honestly, we don't really do that much waiting. And the waiting we do really isn't that very long. I mean, I look at passages like Romans 8, starting in verse 19. It talks about how the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. And hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. You think you've been waiting for a while? All of creation from the beginning has been waiting to be redeemed and restored. You think you've been waiting a long time? You got nothing on that. But we think about our, our momentary waits, our delays, our, our struggles as we sit with the pain and the anxiety of waiting, and we think of it with nothing but negative emotions. Now we can afford to wait, and we can endure the hardship of waiting and the pain that sometimes comes along with waiting um, when we're waiting on God. We know we can because He's faithful, but really more on that next week. But the great danger, there is a great danger in our impatience. Now, I found this picture. I have no idea what this means, but I saw it's like some structural engineer. I saw posted this picture of just interesting warning labels and signs that he came across. And if anybody knows what that, I mean, it can't be good. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that thing is. Um, but the, there's, you know, there are plenty of dangers out there, some of them looking a little stranger than others. But there's a real danger that we should have big, every time we're impatient, we should see this big red light going off, flashing. We should see this warning label every, every time we are tempted to be impatient. Because, you see, we can be so impatient, and we can be so focused on that next thing that's happening, that's coming down the pike, 
that we miss out on what is happening right now. Now, I see, I mentioned my kids a lot today, but I, I see my boys every day. And I see the things that they go through and, and, you know, and when I look at them through someone else's eyes, though, someone who hasn't seen them in a while, you ever find this with, with your own kids? You, you see like a relative or a friend who hasn't seen them in a while, and the first thing they say is like, wow, they have grown so much. They've gotten so big. And you look at them for a second and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess they have. But I hadn't really noticed it because I, you know, I... I you don't really see them growing that way. You just sit and stare at them for a while. I mean, have you ever watched a tree grow? <laughs> and just just sit and just find a tree and just sit down, just watch it grow. You know, it seems like nothing is happening. But I love things like you know, that Planet Earth series from from years ago. I, one of the things that I loved so much about that was all the time lapse photography that they did in that, where you'd see things that took place over a period of like a year or something, but you got to see the whole thing happen in like thirty seconds, and you realize, wow, amazing things are happening in those moments where if we were sitting there and looking at it, it would look like there's nothing going on, and we'd start checking our watch and we start asking ourselves, okay, well, what's what's next? Where's something exciting that's going to happen? Where's, where's the action? When we don't realize that, well, maybe there's some action happening right now, we're just too impatient to see what's happening today. You see, while we wait, while we look forward to the next thing, and there's a lot to look forward to, especially as we wait for the Lord's return, there's a lot to look forward to. But while we wait... God's still doing something right now. Because see, patience isn't just accepting that we have to wait for what comes next. Patience is accepting and even appreciating what is happening right now. Living in this moment and recognizing it as being just as important and just as valuable as the next moment. The anticipation with which we wait for God to act that anticipation that we have as we wait for Jesus' return, it should lead us to a fuller appreciation for what God is doing right here and right now, delighting in this moment. Because this moment is holy, just as holy as the next one. This moment is just as holy as the moment of His return because He's given you this moment. And because of what He has done, because Jesus did come and his, t- his life intersected ours. Well, every moment that we live becomes changed. Because in the moment we became His, we began to live that new life of promise and that new life of hope. But that leaves us in kind of a weird place. It leaves us in that tension between the right now and the not yet. As Christians, that's just where we live. There's this constant tension between we know what's coming but we know that now matters. So as we live in that tension, take comfort in the knowledge that God holds your tomorrow, but don't forget to rejoice in the today that He's given you. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes the today that He's given you, we really have to dig to find that thing to rejoice about. Sometimes we look at our today, we look at the things that we're enduring, the things that we're waiting through. And we find it a little bit difficult to rejoice, and we really want to think about what's next, because that seems like there's so much more hope in tomorrow than there is in today. 
But remember that God's in this day too. And there's something in it that he has for you. We live in anticipation of the coming kingdom, but we do it while living today with Jesus as our king. The kingdom doesn't begin when he returns in glory. The kingdom is happening right here and right now, and you're a part of it. A big part of patiently waiting for God involves being faithful in the moment that he's given you right now. And so in the right now, maybe God is being patient with you. Maybe he's giving you this right now to come to him. Maybe he's giving you this right now to return your focus to him, that focus that's strayed away, that's been so focused somewhere else that you've forgotten to be faithful in this moment. My hope and my prayer is that we could do a much better job of being patient in the moments that he's given us. Not just looking forward to what will be, but thanking and praising God for this day that the Lord has made. That we would rejoice and be glad in this day that he's given us. And if there's something that he's given you to do this day, and if there's some way that we as a church, as a family, can help you to carry on and carry through with that task that he's given you this day. If there's any way that we can help you do that, I pray that you'd come and let us know while we stand and while we sing.